When you give money to charity, do you trust the managers will put it to the best use? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 48 of Tractate Nadarim, and we learn that a true donation comes with no strings attached. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Harissa today. I like to begin with a story. Rabbi Ariel Levine was known as the Tzaddik of Jerusalem for his extraordinary work on behalf of the poor and needy, especially widows and orphans. Week after week, he would tirelessly collect tzedakah and distribute it to those in need. After a while, people began to hear of his efforts and began sending him money to allocate. On one occasion, however, Friday rolled around and he found himself with nowhere near enough funds to hand out for people's basic Shabbos needs. He was distraught and took himself off to the Kotel to pour out his heart before Hashem. Perhaps he will be gracious to this poor and needy nation. Perhaps he will have mercy, Rabbi Levine cried out. As he was departing the Kotel Plaza, eyes full of tears, he was stopped by an Arab they had never met before. The man thrust into his hands a bundle wrapped in newspaper. Before the rabbi had a chance to ask what was in the bundle, the man disappeared. Curious, he opened the package and was shocked to find a huge sum of money, precisely the amount he needed to distribute to the poor. That man, his grandson-in-law, Rav Chaim Kanievsky, would conclude, was undoubtedly Eliyahu Hanavi. Today's stuff discusses someone who gives an on-paper gift. Ruvain's father vows not to derive any benefit from Ruvain's property. But then Ruvain's son is getting married and he wants his father to come to the wedding. And so he cleverly donates the feast to his neighbor Shimon. But then Shimon pulls a fast one on him. Let's look at the Gemara. If a person prohibited by a vow from deriving benefit from another and he does not have anything to eat, the other may give the food to someone else as a gift and he is then permitted to eat it. An incident occurred involving someone in the city of Beit Choran whose father had vowed not to derive benefit from him, and the son was marrying off his own son and wanted his father to be able to participate in the wedding meal. And he therefore said to another, The courtyard where the wedding will take place and the wedding meal are given before you as a gift, but only so that my father will come and eat with us at the meal. The recipient said, If they are mine, they are all hereby consecrated to heaven. The son said to him, I didn't give you my property so that you should consecrate it to heaven. He replied, You gave me a property only so that you and your father would eat and drink and thereby appease each other, and the sin transgressing the vow would be hung on my head. The sages therefore said, Any gift that is not so absolute that if the recipient were to consecrate the gift, it would be consecrated, is not considered a gift. Let's analyze the Gemara. I once sat on a board of a non-profit organization that was incredibly well endowed. And yet we struggled to pay the staff and run the day-to-day programs. Why? Because most of the funds were restricted. Donors had made contributions for specific purposes, and the money couldn't be used for anything else. So, for example, we had one fund for scholarships for post-high school Israel gap year study. The fund contained about $20,000, but it was dispersed in $500 increments. Another account contained $50,000, but could only be used for refugees from the former Soviet Union to learn English. That one, too, had a maximum allowance of $500 per applicant. It was, of course, very generous of the donors to make these contributions, but they weren't so helpful to the mission and operation of the organization. A more charitable approach would have been to place their trust in the wisdom and expertise of the trustees to spend the money as they saw fit. 
the ultimate donation comes with no strings attached. It's not easy to make a donation like that. It requires a huge amount of trust on the part of the donor toward the char charity overseers. And sometimes to summon up that trust factor is even more of an emotional expense than to write the check itself. It's impossible to place a dollar amount on the value of trust. Trust transcends material value. But that's what we're looking for in our business transactions. You want your clients to trust you with their investments, irrespective of the field that you're in. If you're a lawyer, why should a litigant choose you? If you're a doctor, why should a patient choose you? If you're a financial advisor, why should a client choose you? If they're choosing rationally, then they're coming to you because they trust you. And that trust is built presumably on your track record of excellence. If that's the modus operandi that you expect of your own line of work, why would you treat nonprofit managers with any less respect? If you've chosen to invest your money with them, then you should trust that they will work to maximize the return on your investment. Any gift that is not so absolute that if the recipient were to consecrate the gift, it would be consecrated, is not considered a gift, says the Gemara. Of course, it takes an even greater level of trust than your for-profit line of business because the return is often intangible. But if you believe in the organization and its managers, you will trust them to use their acumen to achieve the very best results. Just imagine if Rabbi Arya Levine's donors had demanded a say in how their money was distributed. There would have been no way to feed all those needed widows and orphans. But they didn't ask questions. They trusted his integrity and righteousness. If you have a gift to give, give it with a full heart and a completely open hand. And may you be rewarded with an abundance of clients who trust you to do the very best job for them. Wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, the transformative Duff.